The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, thanks very much for joining us. Happy New Year. Hope your holiday season was a good one. Figured with uh, the first full week of the new year underway, it was a good time to kind of reset and have a podcast leading into the six weeks going into spring training. So on the podcast today, you're going to hear from Andy Freed. There's big news in the Freed family. We'll get to that. But first joining us is Ray Senior VP and GM Eric Neander. And Eric, thanks very much for being with us. Give us an idea um, how that time, let's say, between Christmas and New Year's is used to kind of recharge the batteries and how much does it help? Each year is different, but it it is an opportunity to recharge a little bit. I think collectively across baseball as an industry, uh, people slow down, appreciate the holidays, uh, use it as kind of a... You know, just an opportunity for us all to to spend a little bit of time at home or with family members, and uh, you know, put our put our work down for the most part uh, until until the new year. Um, so it it does afford a little bit of a recharge, uh, an opportunity to spend time, like I said, with with family, and that's really important. And and you don't have many moments where you have the ability to do that, but that's typically a time where you can you can squeeze it in. I was kind of curious, you know, I looked at this off season and the week between Christmas and New Year's, I expect nothing to happen. And then all of a sudden I see Hunjin Ryu signs and Dallas Keuchel and Cole Calhoun and Homer Bailey. And is that teams that had already gotten the work done and now the word is getting out or some teams not even taking a break during Christmas to New Year's? I, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think any yeah, anything that comes Anything that's finalized during that time period tends to be at a more mature stage, I think, in the in the process, and there's not so much work that's left to be done. The the valuations, the prioritization of the player, the decisions you've made, you know, a lot of that's typically complete, you know, before you hit that final stage. So um, I don't know. Uh, we were we were pretty quiet uh, over the break and uh, allowed our staff a chance to, um, you know, to re-energize and to spend time with with family, and that's important. And um, you know, you don't you don't shut off entirely. You know, hmm. you, you can't you can't afford to to do that. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. For us, it was a pretty quiet week, and I think that's a good thing and something that will make us better over the course of uh, the season in full. The free agent market though has gone a lot quicker um, this year than let's say the past couple. Why do you think that is, and is that the reason maybe why there have been a lot less trades this year than let's say the past couple? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think that there there have been a lot of really talented players that have changed hands here in the early going, and it seems like that's occurred more through through free agency. I, I don't know. I, I think for us, it's a really difficult thing to anticipate the pace of of movement um, uh, through different uh, you know, transaction fronts, you know, roster impacting fronts, uh, be it trade, free agency, whatever it may be, and we just we have to be ready for all of them uh, because you, you really can only control so much, and all we can control is our prep and you know our valuations on players, and, and feel pretty good about that. But for for why it's happened this year the way it has, I'm I'm not really sure. We've been involved in some players, but really I think our approach has been no different than any given year. Generally, you guys have been active the last couple of years in January. You've made a fair amount of trades. Do you expect this to be a pretty active month? And if so, when do things normally pick up for you guys? It's uh, a great question. I, I don't think you know. We feel the the talent what we have on our roster right now. We feel really good about what we have, and and 
rolling into to next year and um, and you know bringing Yoshi on and, and just the complexion of our team, we like it. I, I think there's still work to be done uh, to to improve it. Improve it, excuse me. Uh, that we'd like to do this month. Uh, so you know we're, we're going to do our best to to make the most of it and and see what we can do. Um, but don't want to uh, have any crazy expectations in play at this point. Do you, what would you say the greatest needs are? Are they from if you can improve the ball club? Is it right-handedness? Is it the offensive side? What, what would it be? Um, great, great question. I, I think you know at, at the end of the day, our goal is to to score more than you know, uh, or run more than our opposition every single night that that we're playing, uh, and that's however we get there. If it's one nothing, if it's ten to nine, you know we want to construct our team just to put ourselves in the most favorable position to do that. I think we started off this uh, this off season thinking that you know improving our off our offense uh, while trying to um, maintain the the run prevention side as best we could would be the way to go. I don't think those opportunities have unfolded and um, presented themselves the way that we thought they might have uh, in the early going. So we'll continue to look at it, you know, and uh, if it's something where we have to shift a little bit to the run prevention side to put our best team together, then then we'll do that. I I think, you know, it's kind of more of a higher level assessment of things. And I, I think more specifically, the catching position is one. Haven't been shy about uh, being open to more competition there. Do believe in the guys we have. Believed in them going into last year. That year didn't uh, go the way that Mike Zinio would have wanted it. Mikey Perez would have wanted it. But do have a lot of belief in those players going into next year. And then beyond that, um, I think you can. Uh, it's it's pretty easy to point to the balance of our offense and from a handedness standpoint. And um, you know, kind of look at that and think that we, we could afford to, to add a right-handed hitter or two to our mix to, to better balance ourselves night in, night out against not just the, the righties we see, we feel good about that, but also the lefties. Um, so those are some areas that I, I think have been well-documented, well-covered, um, but but do believe we have some lefties that are, are capable of full-time roles and, and want to make sure we provide those opportunities to them as well. Could it be argued that right now you're, from a run prevention standpoint, you're better than you were at this point a year ago? Because, I mean, you lost glass now, Chirino, Snell, for such long periods of time. Um, you didn't have certainty on the relievers you have, even though we know that is fungible from year to year. Because no one has left of that core group from a year ago, are you in a better position now than you were, let's say, at the beginning of 19? Yeah, I think that we, a lot of that group's returning, certainly, uh, uh I think it's natural to believe that we should be better positioned as long as we can maintain health. And I think that's that's our expectation. At the same time, the way guys stepped up last year, what they provided, there's, you know, it, it's hard to ask too much more of that group in total. You know, it was different guys stepping up to, to contribute. And we had some key, you know, some key arms that um, that, that missed time, as, as you noted. Uh, but going into this year, I think that group, combined with our defense, I uh, do believe our run prevention is, uh, I think, probably being I think an honest assessment is a little bit stronger than where we were last year even independent of health and if we can have better fortune with our health I think we'll be in a really good spot with it can you part with any of it are are you like I know how hard it is for this organization to trade pitching but if it affords you the type of person you wanted is it something that you guys are comfortable doing yeah I think whatever it may be um you know when it comes to any sort of deal making and um you know trade considerations and what you're exploring 
um, you, you always have to be open to it. And, and, you know, certainly we have a lot of talent on, on that side of the ball. And with that, it's always in demand. Uh, but you also want to make sure you don't take it for granted. And we saw last year, if, if we, we don't need to go back too far uh, to see how quickly your depth can be challenged and, and how important um, the guys you have underneath are when it comes to stepping up and keeping your season afloat. You know, we saw the the Austin Pruitt game against Shane Bieber. You know, at the end of August against Cleveland. You know, you you have to have guys in a position that can fill in and do a good job, and and you can get there really quick. So um, it's I, I think we really like where we are. Uh, if if there's an opportunity to you know to to make a move that that better balances our club and also improves it, that's the key. Um, uh, you know, we're always going to be open to it, but I, certainly something we're not taking for granted in terms of what we have right now. You guys give a lot of opportunity. You mentioned it from the pitching side. You used 33 pitchers last year. You didn't go into last year with the plans to use Avi Garcia on a full-time basis. He earned that opportunity. But in the free agent market, how hard is it to find that two to tango opportunity when you're looking for right-handed bats? Because there are guys who will say, you know what? I know I'm not going to a, a, a winning team, but I want to play. I want to give myself the chance to to make guaranteed opportunity for next year. How difficult is that to navigate, and how how hard does that make the Frazier market for you guys from that aspect? Well, I, there are a lot of teams out there that are looking to be competitive that I think you know we appreciate the way that players impact the game across the you know, the league in similar ways. So there's not a whole lot of identifying players that you see a certain way and everybody else sees them differently. So um, there's a lot of com- competition for services and then be it financial, be it playing time, be it, you know, geographical reasons and, and whatever it may be. You know, there's a lot of uh, thought and considerations that go into that from a player's perspective. And it is, it, it's a challenge to, to be able to get all those things to, to line up and, and to get a player in the door and, um, certainly when it comes to, to playing time, everybody wants to play. They want to have that opportunity and um, need to find guys that look at our situation and, um, you know, see the chance to compete, to, to be in playoff contention and, you know, the potential upside of their role and how they could help us and, and be drawn to that. But, um, you know, not every situation is for every player, and uh, we just try to do the best job we can. Obviously, you can't predict what's going to happen between now and mid-February. But if you were willing to guess, would more upgrades occur via the trade market or via the free agent market between now and the start of spring training? It's tough to say. I think uh, right now we're prepared to to be active on, on both fronts, you know. And, and at the end of the day, there's there's only so much you can control. And, you know, with a free agent, the player has his rights and the decision that that he has to make that's that's best for him and and his and his family and his future. And you know, with a trade, another team has to, <laughs> um, you know, be willing to to push forward on a deal on that side as well. So, I think it we're not going to cut ourselves off one way or the other. I think we're we're well prepared and positioned on both free agents and also trade possibilities to to push things forward if we see a fit and uh, hopefully we do find some things here that can round out our club and and let us feel you know put us in a position to feel a little bit better going into 2020. You're obviously in good position for the long haul too. Um, You do have the deepest farm system you do have a lot of young controllable players. Do you have enough depth as one of the top rated farm systems to to part with pieces that may get you what you want yeah i think so i mean i you know it, depth or not if if there's something 
in our in our minor league system that we feel um, it, it it makes more sense to to strike a deal that that moves that out for for something that fits our our major league team and our future the way we would like it to. Like we always have to be open to that. You know, um, when it comes to assembling talent. And, and building depth, you know, that in and of itself is, is a great challenge. But when it comes to optimizing it and putting together the best possible major league team for some sustained period of time, yeah, timing's also important. And you got to look at how different pieces fit your team uh, now and into the future. And, and you try to balance all that as, as best as you can to, to sync it up. So um, we're certainly, I think, open and uh, typically are open to – um, you know, moving things around in, in any which way in terms of how they best fit our club and our competitiveness. And, and right now where our major league team is from a quality standpoint is as good as it's been in a while. And, and that does, um, you know, it does place a little more importance on um, our competitiveness near term and, and what we want, might want to do to back that up. Good luck the next six weeks. I'm sure we'll talk plenty before uh, we get to Port Charlotte. Thanks, Neil. I appreciate it. Well, we certainly appreciate Eric Neander joining us. And uh, now to chat a little race baseball. We haven't talked uh, baseball in a while. It's uh, my good friend Andy Freed. Andy, how's the offseason been? Fine. Everything's very good. Uh, we always talk baseball, but not everybody else gets a chance to hear it, right? So we're, it's, always, <laughs> it's always kind of baseball season with us, as we like to say. So give me your feel. Um, from, from your standpoint, when do you start to get that itch for the start of baseball season? Is it now? And what kind of stuff are you generally with the family doing as we go through the holidays and the baseball offseason? Well, as you know, I mean, we're away from our families for so much that uh, the Rays are are just so wonderful enough to give us time with them during the off season. So I really try to be to to coin the current cliche present when I'm when I'm home and and try not to really do a whole lot outside of being with the kids and uh, and now our new dog Charlie. But um but I always kind of get the itch for baseball. And once New Year's hits, it it's going full bore. Uh I'm pretty pumped up about the season, especially because Fan Fest is February 8th and everything is coming so fast and our first countdown to opening day show is coming up soon and then the spring training games are within what what is it a 30 or 40 days i mean it's it's a little uh it's coming so and then opening days early so i think i'm probably like you is that we kind of always have the itch but we hold the itch back for a little while but once new mm-hmm. year's hits it's i'm ready to go well we're glad that uh you've got a new family member in charlie and that means all of us now have dogs including I Chris know. Miller. you know i hadn't realized that until uh amy my wife said that she goes you know the only you're the only one without one because so, I kind of resisted for a long time, but uh, this is—I'm a dog owner for the first time, so now I'll join your dog and Reggie with Chris and and Bella with Dave and everybody else's dog. So it's it's pretty cool, I got to say. Uh, very very much enjoying him, and he's got Ray's identification tags, so he's uh-huh. officially part of the Ray's family. Very nice. We got we got ours from Pet Pal Animal Shelter, so there was a Ray's tie as well. So wonderful, which, which wonderful. the Ray's were long connected with. Hey, curious. You know, I I don't like to say. What do you think of what the Rays offseason is, particularly because the offseason isn't done? But to this point, is there anything that really has surprised you about what the Rays have done? And if so, what? Uh, I don't know if the word is surprised. I, I think uh, probably like you and Dave, we had a feeling that Tommy Pham was going to be traded. I can understand how that's a bummer to some fans, uh, probably to many fans, especially when it feels like things are really starting to come together for this team. But uh, I have learned to trust this front office in the way that uh, I, I learned to trust when Andrew was in charge and when Matt was in charge and now with Eric in charge. I've, I think they've really earned our trust that they know what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like you, though. I don't think they're done. I mean, I, I think 
I think they will definitely be able to upgrade defensively in left field. Not that Tommy wasn't a good left fielder. He was, but uh, I think that they might even be able to do better out there. Um, and, and, yeah, I think his bat will be missed. I think his presence will be missed. I think he also really learned to like playing here, which is, uh, which is pretty important. So right now, I mean, I still do see it as a whole. I mean, I'm excited about Renfro and excited about some of the other things that they've done, especially the kid Edwards that they got in the trade, but that's a little more long-term than current. I still think they need some offensive punch. I would always like to see them upgrade uh, in the bullpen. Uh, just, and I say that every year. Every mm-hmm. single year I always say want to upgrade the bullpen because you can't have enough arms down there. Uh, and then also I'm anxious to see the maturation of certain players. Guys like Jalen Beeks is, is in my mind this offseason. We saw flashes of what he could do last year. I think he could be a really valuable piece to this team. And I'd like to see that he got better uh, this, you know, from last season to this coming season. Uh, the catching situation, I think, is a, a bit fluid. You know, they, uh, I would have loved to have seen Darno come back. I think we all would have. But Zanino and Perez were kind of where we were last year when they thought they could win with that crew, and then they both got hurt. Um, I think I'd like to see some insurance at catcher, whether it be an experienced guy uh, that would start the year in Durham or maybe Perez would start at Durham and start with two more veteran guys. I'm not quite sure, but I, I, my general sense is that only half the offseason is over. I think you know, if it's January and February, the Rays are, are going to be making some moves, and I think this is going to be a pretty busy month. Yeah, I generally feel that's the case for this group, and they almost have to the way the market works. I mean, they did make a, a, a big addition in the fact that they signed Yoshi Susugo. What, what was yes. your take on, on all of that? Obviously, the Rays are very high in them. We know there have not been a lot of position players who have adapted coming over from Japan, but I think the Rays really feel this is a, a unique and very different situation. Well, there have been more and more, as as you know. I mean, it, isn't it funny? It's been uh, almost 20 years uh, since Ichiro came over, and the whole question was, can a, can a player from the Japanese League succeed? Well, not only can they succeed, they can become Hall of Famers uh, over here. Now, I'm not sure that what Yoshi's going to be. Nobody does, but I'm anxious to see what he can do. You know, every time I see highlights of him, the thing that stands out to me is that he can drive the ball to the opposite field. Certainly he can pull it, and he's got plenty of power, but I like that he's got power to the opposite field, and I'm anxious to see what sort of contact abilities he has, because with Renfro, you're going to get some strikeout and hopefully some home run. The Rays are trying to do that thing with him where they get him just at the right time. And, uh, and when we were there in San Diego, we heard what everybody was saying about him at the time, that he looked so good for a while, but then he got hurt, and some of that promise went away. I think the, the Rays are banking on the fact that now that he's healthy, some of that promise is going to come back and turn into something. But uh, I'm, I don't know where Yoshi's going to hit in the order. I would tend to think maybe down sixth or seventh. But you know, when the Rays got Aki in uh, 07, uh, not only was he impactful, I mean, he, he hit all through the lineup. He had occasional power. He drove it all over the field. He had a tremendous work ethic. And I, I kind of see the same sort of thing for, for Tsutsugo. I'm, I'm really, I think more than anybody, I'm more excited to see him than, any, than anyone else because I think he's just a, a big mystery with a whole lot of upside. No question. And I agree with you on, on the thoughts of adding. I, I think the Rays will add. I think they'll add. They could add in the catching end. They could add in the outfield end. I think they're definitely going to add another right-handed bat. I think the big question is, are they going to have to part with anything? And to this point, the pitching from last year, by and large, has remained intact. Would you be willing to part with any of that? What's your take? Well, I, I tell you what, I, what really intrigues me about uh, the pitching staff is that the Rays are the team of the opener, but I don't know if I see much of an opener unless certain guys go down with, with injury. I mean, between Morton and Snell and Glass now and Torino and Yarbrough, 
uh, to me, that, that looks like five guys that can start uh, and five guys that probably deserve to. Now, I don't know if they put Yarbrough ahead of Torinos or Torinos ahead of Yarbrough. Uh, you know, they both showed that they can work out of the bullpen and are comfortable doing that, but I think it might make sense to, to really give it a shot with them starting games and, and get this rotation going, knowing also that there will be moments where they'll, they, they'll either be skipped or maybe there was a time that they had to be worked in relief and then you try an opener. So I think it might be more occasional opener with a, kind of a legit, solid rotation. And yeah, I, I, there's so much misinformation about what the Rays do. Isn't it amazing, Neil, mm-hmm. that from, from market to market that we go to, the assumption that the, the, the Rays and, and the opener has to be, you know, now they're, they're intertwined. I don't think it necessarily has to be that way. I think they'll probably use it uh, sporadically, but I don't think they're going to need to as, as much. But, I mean, if we went into opening day tomorrow – I think there's a little bit of offense missing, but not that much. I'd like to see them add a bat, uh, and, and let's, let's get opening day here already. Hmm. There's three thoughts or three things I want to touch on, almost on a national level, uh, that are somewhat tied to the Rays. One, the Rays play all their games against Houston in the month of April, and we still don't know what's to become of you know any penalties that they're going to receive. I think this month of January is going to loom large in terms of you know, potentially how the Rays are in April, because how Houston is could impact the Rays. Very interesting. Uh, and I, I don't know where this this thing is going to go with the with the situation that, that allegedly went on with the Astros. But I, I was just looking at the schedule and came to that same conclusion, Neil, uh, about, man, we were with Houston so early this year. And look, they're good. I think the Rays probably feel like they, they wouldn't mind putting a little hurting on the Astros. Remember, the Rays won the season series again mm-hmm. against them, and they also took three of four to begin the season uh, last year when the Rays weren't even at their full strength yet. So I think the Rays are on par, especially in April. But one thing I do know is that uh, the whole season was set in motion last year because the Rays got off to a really good start. And I think last year we saw the impact of what that has. So there were banked wins, and you could withstand a losing stretch uh, because you had so many wins early on. I'd like to see that again. I think the schedule is uh, unforgiving, just like it was last year. Uh, but I think this race team is going to be riding high. I- I've seen teams that, that emerge onto the scene, uh, young, energetic teams like this, and then ca- that can carry over. I think that's going to be one of the questions of spring training. Let's get everybody through spring training healthy. Let's, 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 get, uh, let's get through it without you know, a Honeywell-type injury or something that's really going to set this team back. Uh, and, and and let's get this thing going. I, I I really think with a little more offense, this team really could pick up where it left off last year. Because I think also Willie Adamas uh, mm-hmm. is going to start better this year because of the way he worked in the second half last year. The additional challenge of the Rays do face is having Garrett Cole in this division now with the Yankees. But you know at the same time they lost Romine, they lost uh, Gregorius, they've lost some some important complementary pieces. What was your take on Cole signing short and long term? Well, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a very good pitcher, as we know. I mean, I think he's the reason why the Rays didn't advance uh, past the first round. You know, they beat up Verlander and they beat up Granke, and uh, Cole was the, was the stopper for them. But, uh, so he's going to be good, but did he have one of those magical years where everything came together? Uh, I, you know, he's going to be a good top-of-the-rotation pitcher. Guys react differently in New York. Uh, Domingo Homaran's going to be out for quite a while for the Yankees. They don't have Sabathia anymore, so it's a bit of a different look. I expect him to be very good, but I expect the Rays to be able to compete with him. And I don't think the Rays ever really got over the top against the Yankees last year. I think that's one of the big things this year, to have some really competitive games with the Yankees and learn how to win in New York, which I don't think they ever did last year. And 
one more for me. Uh, you know, I saw the MLB.com did their power rankings. I don't know how you can do them in January, but they did. And four of the top five teams are in the American League. They have the Yankees, the Astros, the Rays, the Twins, and the, and the Dodgers at this point uh, consuming their top five. And then I also look at the White Sox, the Angels, teams kind of that were under 500 that have added. To me, the, the American League win totals may be deflated somewhat, but I think that the fact that the American League is a little bit stronger overall, what's your take on that? I think Toronto might have even gotten a little bit better mm-hmm. also, and I, I think that they're showing, too, that the that they're looking to make things easier. I mean, last year the Rays won 96 games, 90-what-9, 90, 90, if you include the postseason. I think it's going to be very hard for many teams to get there again. I, I can live with the fact that the Yankees will be favored to win the division. That's fine. Uh, but I think there are other teams that are right for the picking. I think the Rays can continue to establish that they're better than the Red Sox, especially because we don't know what they're doing yet, and they are at least reported that they might be decreasing a little bit. Uh, we don't know what that Mookie Betts situation is going to be. Uh, we don't know what the David Price situation is going to be, and, and on and on, and Porcello uh, now gone. So uh, I, I think the American League East is there. I think the, the, the way it finished last year is probably the way it will be predicted for this year, but – Boy, injuries play such a role, and there's still so much of this offseason left with regard to trading. And it's funny, Neil, how a year ago we were bemoaning how there were just no moves made. Uh, There was such a sluggish market Mm -hmm. this year. It's been much more wide open, and I think there's a very different feeling going in. Uh, I think guys are going to be anxious to sign and get to spring training. And you saw what happened with certain guys that waited a long time, you know, Dallas Keuchel and and a couple of the other guys. Sometimes it's a little struggle to get going. and. Uh, so I, I think there's more moves to make. It's fun to talk about this in January, but let's let's see what it looks like again in another month. Well, great to chat with you baseball-wise after the holidays. As you mentioned, it won't be long before we have our first countdown to opening day show. I know you got a couple of dog walks before uh, we begin uh, <laughs> baseball anew, so uh, enjoy some time with Charlie. Uh, welcome him to the Rays family, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Will do. I'm going to be reporting spring training in much better shape now because of uh, all the daily walks. So uh, thank you, and uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Well, thanks very much to Andy Freed for being with us. Uh, Good luck to uh, uh, the Freed family with Charlie, and great to see they have a new addition. Um, And then uh, in terms of what's to come, well, there were a few community things I wanted to hit on before we close things out. First, on Monday, I saw Dave Wills was involved with uh, Buddy Baseball, which he's been doing for several years. They have a a new field that they opened up in Temple Terrace, so congratulations on that. And uh, from a player's standpoint, Daniel Robertson certainly has been a big part of the Rays part of the last couple of years. And this Sunday, uh, he's got his annual Family Foundation event, um, and you can find out more about that uh, at D underscore Robertson 28, which is his Twitter handle. Um, and if you follow me on Twitter at Neil Solons, you know that I'm heavily involved with Purple Stride, which is uh, the battle to fight pancreatic cancer. And we've got a walk coming up on February the 29th in St. Petersburg. You can check out my Twitter handle. It is pinned to my Twitter uh, feed so you can find out a little bit more about that. And hopefully you'll be able to help in some way, shape or form. As far as future Rays podcasts, we'll uh, have them as news warrants during the course of the next six weeks. But we'll also have a number of prospect interviews, too, as a lot of them are going to be training in the Port Charlotte area in January. And you certainly can follow our blog, raiseradio.moblogs.com. Thanks to Andy Freed. Thanks to Eric Neander for being with us. And we will talk to you soon.